Welcome, welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community. Today's random food for thought gets to explore differences with love cycles and not human suffering as experienced by those who have the love cycles, but when we are working with people who are moving out of it or when we're not working with people but they're projecting their human suffering and that's where shame comes into the mix and why compassion is the way for the 5d mystic enlightenment functional adult inclined and or active person active obviously compassion is default by your inner knowingness the entirety of however many years of your life you have had so far if you have consistently maintained relationship with purusha pure consciousness unconditional love it's because you do not have the shame button and that's something serious business here so which is why we don't know human suffering because we will know a window of welcome with our emotions so that's one group of people who are in the 5d mystic or functional adult enlightenment body type is how i'm going to define it but again we, we are not creating lists it's simply put some people feel emotions willingly and not overwhelmingly and that's because we don't have our ancient silverback people from our ancient time actual physical ancient time shame button it's also why we don't feel envy or jealousy because we do not feel in the i'm not worthy in fact i'll share a story i learned about jealousy when i was a child and i was reactive with the emotion of anger there's two times that i can state because of having the explicit memory of me being angry and in one case i actually got into an argument like a little child does and i learned how not to be a jealous person i did not have the maturity yet to know that the reactiveness was also an indication of possessiveness and people are not objects of our own possession not anyone not even animals in fact the entirety of the discourse of any person who is in the enlightenment soul age group again whether functional adult or mystic or one and in the same or both i'm a mystic functional adult in the enlightenment soul age group i have clairs channeling guidance all of that great stuff akashic record readings tarot card oracles i love 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 when i'm supporting those who are serious about their journey of a, as a person to heal if they have any trauma memory so they know what a shame cycle is and they know the difference once they've chosen i want to be in my actual mammalian heritage my right to have a love cycle because every one of us begins as an infant and our attachment system knows even if it's one millisecond of attachment security it still knows it your body also knows even if of one second of a restorative embodied self it knows the oneness So it knows the infinite plane of possibilities in the way you will hear people who don't move beyond spirituality talk about satori moments so they don't move beyond spirituality which is why they're always talking to you about your spiritual path your spiritual awakening your spiritual journey your your spiritual mission your soul mission your special starry mission so here's where the difference of 5d mysticism is we're all special and clairs don't make us anointed do not 
it actually is intuitively immediately in our awareness that clairs have nothing to do with our ancestors meaning yes we can have potentially lived those past lives with people that we know and will have learned about in ancient texts we would not actually dare to start equating what we channel what we dream of what we experience as us being anointed or special and comparing our clear experiences from 2023 to those of people from our past. And our past means way back when. Now, if you want to take any modern day individuals who did get uh, moved into being saints, right? Because some people will talk about that. Those individuals went down the path of the institution. And then when I say mystics, and 4D and Clareland, believe me, none of them are actually speaking with a grown-up tone, and they're also not speaking with a brain that understands the gist of history from a political perspective. I'm a political science major, and I did learn about the institution's role way back when. So for as much as people, as always, grown-ups don't have to prove points because emotionally we are not trying to prove our ego to anyone we have an opinion we are glad to have an expansion of conversation which means we're just chit-chatting we don't want to try and change your opinion and if you are going to want to engage with us we're going to try to let you know that and then we're going to try to remember because i have plenty of people that i get to talk to and they say well my opinion is part of it and if you're talking to me then I'm going to be in a situation where I will potentially take that opinion and it might create a situation for me. So, so they acknowledge that any exchange for them is impactful. So when it's presented to us, I've had few people, I always try to remember that and carefully address areas that might get heated in a way of saying, I'm not trying to change anything. I actually am presenting to you something. I understand that it's an area that is of great importance so again we learn how to talk to each other in a way that can support when you're building friendship and all relationships are friendships and here's where polyamory individuals have partners but we will have special bonds they are not all romantic however again to specify i have to use words don't prefer using words so when i use friends it's all people that i love that's what i'm trying to get to personally you do you, I do me, and polyamory is great for securely attached people, of course, because we're not like uh, competing for affection. Back to the jealousy and envy part. Yes, we don't have the low self-esteem from our zero-one attachment years of age. We're not attaching in a panicky way. But that's because the ones of us who have a, life, a love cycle and a life cycle, we didn't disconnect from our restored embodied self. So I was held with equanimity, by my mother, my primary caregiver, personally, I'm sharing right now. I also have an identical twin, and we were put in the same cribs together, and so we could have hugged each other for who knows how long, and so that will have activated my actual ventral vagal nervous system so much so that, for all we know, this is exactly why I get to be lovey-dovey in my tubby, and a three-year-old, giggly, always person, Okay, so my happiest moment when I did hypnotherapy was my three-year-old self discovering energy. And then as I moved through discovering other people live life differently, I got to learn more about stuff and emotions. And 
I do believe I might be highly sensitive, a highly sensitive person, but thanks to not needing to label myself, I have always known, oh, look, I have infinite higher human consciousness potential. I can move beyond anything. I can allow my dreams to, yes, and, and so it has been. So some of us, we learn to love. We don't have a lifeline that gets cut, and therefore we don't have a three-year-old heartbreak. Those first three years of any person's life, all of us, it's implicit memory. So all the sensations that arise from my body personally have always been emotional and I'm always prepared to handle them. Even my lovely, not so lovely panic attacks, which people love to human explain to me all the time, except for some who don't. And that's nice when, when there are those who actually can have an extra, an extra set of, uh, what's the word? Actually, I don't think I have encountered completely and that's where, let me explain, being a mystic, a 5D1, I've been talking about ascension since 2006, okay? So I don't have shame in being myself at all, which is why I don't have shame in sharing with my loved ones any of my astral travel dreams, any of my theories, anything. Meaning, why would I hide what I'm thinking from my loved ones? That would mean you're not my loved one. And if you're going to tease me, it's okay. I'm not going to get offended. I learned how not to be sensitive as a child. So people who grow up with their emotions, we will release emotions organically as we share stories. That's happened to me too. Again, where you just like free up by crying a little bit, but it's not suffering. I know how many people love to say, well, sadness is. No, no. You actually physically understand what suffering is when you get it explained by people, one, and their relationship with emotions and by the attachment and trauma researchers. So my personal only trauma memory has been with the emotion of fear specifically, and that's because I'm a scaredy cat. I'm okay with that because I'm good, but my brain being an anticipatory organ and wanting to keep me physically alive because I love life. So I'm good. I'm not ashamed of being weak. I don't consider it weak. To be afraid, I consider it smart. But again, it does probably not work very well in certain circumstances, but I'm not in the ancient times of the rocks and stones. I don't plan on being. When people give hypothetical apocalypse scenarios, it's like, wow, you're living a movie and I really do hope I don't have to find myself in that situation. And if I do, I'll, I'll wait till that day and I'll remember that you told me you'd be laughing in your home somewhere while I'm dying and I'll be like, wow, guess what? They were right. Oh, that's so not nice of, no, it won't be a big deal, will it? And on that note, I actually have one of my close friends that I told them about them not being very nice to me in their face because those special friends I actually am able to say yeah guess what <laughs> and when I say special I mean people who I know are part of my oversoul and so that we are in each other's lives for reasons and we create a positive impact always they're always all people of your oversoul but there's also an extended oversoul and you will recognize extended oversoul as something that is for a moment or a season or whatever. So you'll know, oh, I get to learn a couple of things with this person or these people. They're from my, you know, whatever. We, we have ways that we explain this, but uh, I don't want to get into too much mystic stuff. Long story short, though, this individual is part of my family crew, is how I'm going to put it. And because they actually were going through a really, really bad time, they were being um, very much in the, okay, in fact, it scared me a little bit what they told me, meaning they were really extremist 
in their hatred for women. I'm a woman, obviously. He's a male. We're on the phone, so no physical, but very, very, very dark, very, very bitter. And I've known them a long time, so I knew their story. I knew exactly why they were going down this path and the people that they were listening to. And, and so we had a long, nice chit-chat. But in this chit-chat, they actually held to me a bet that they did win. In fact, I told them I owe you a dollar because their bet was something that predicted a very, very sad outcome. <laughs> I'll never forget it. In fact, this is why I told my friend when I call them, because uh, I will on a hunch call my friends sometimes, and this is one of them. And I said, you know, I actually considered not calling you because our last conversation, you made a bet. And although I owe you a dollar, and one day I'll give you that dollar, I still think you were very unkind. You actually really did your best to basically not celebrate something that I was at the at least at that time celebrating. Uh, yes, you won the bet, which is where ha ha, nobody's laughing, but still, I said you're not. You didn't do something that was nice, but I also understood that my friend was going through again something really, really challenging for him, and that's because of his story, not mine. So. Here is where human suffering, what it has people do, not be very nice to those of us who know how to be nice, but because we know that they're human too, we know that when they're being not nice, it's because of something that they don't know how to handle, like grown-ups, with an open, spontaneous three-year-old heart that has Krishna Leela, exploring the depths of seriousness with the profound of joyfulness. And this is the beauty of being able to know that you can learn so my memory let's go back to using the example because implicit memory is where we all have that okay and implicit memory it's just stuff that comes up and how you're able to handle life so it will continue presenting itself when you become enlightenment soul age group it's because you're inclined to be a person again mystic or functional adult that has a relationship with your left and your right mode of the brain. Your left is the chit-chatter, your right is all the stuff that comes up. And the brainstem obviously is a, an important factor, but I don't want to do psych education. However, if you have a defectiveness shame button and your cycle is that, then you're going to have an inner critic, outer critic, and you're going to have maladaptive responses, which is where you're going to try and have power and control, think of right and wrong, and you're really, really rigid and just charged all the time when you're having any debate, anything. It's not a pleasant moment for you. You're not having fun. You're literally competing with people for your life, uh, meaning for who you are and as you are. So you got all these labels and you don't use them in an effort to describe the essence of you. So I use words, polyamory, I love many. Uh, enlightenment, it's the infinite higher human consciousness potential experience, but it's also the vibration of people who have an integrated brain and a restorative embodied self and are able to navigate selflessness, timelessness, effortlessness, and richness in their physical brain because you're in a physical state consistently of compassion, which is your mammalian heritage. So you return home to yourself for those who have a shame cycle and either do really, really good therapy, and it has to be good, or they really, really, really know that they're human and they love being a human and they handle, therefore, their thoughts and emotions like a grown-up. And they don't throw their anger at somebody else like my friend basically did. His teenage anger with his infant child self were at hoots with what was happening and they projected a very, 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 very upset emotion with words and more 
and they didn't mean to hurt my feelings. This is one of those things that you will notice. Otherwise, they wouldn't get on a phone call with me. So people who, with intent, want to hurt your feelings, there's other motives. There would have to be motives, I don't know, like they, let's hypothetically say they really wanted to be my boyfriend. Okay, then that can make sense. But they would be hiding all of it because this is where, and I'm just using a random example, but I know my friend, there's no way he's in any way, shape, or form interested, and especially in that conversation. But I'm just saying, if somebody's going to get spiteful, it's going to be it's going to be because they want something that you're not giving them or that they think they can't get. So in this case, it would have to have been, I want you as mine, you're not mine, and now I'm going to do this thing that's going to, therefore, and aha, I'll get my one moment of, you know, and really, again, even if that were hypothetically the case in any time in a lifetime of a person who's in the 5D mystic functional adult enlightenment soul age group, we're going to be like, yeah, whatever, okay. Uh, done, over with, What what is that, a second of your brain power? Like, we really don't have any space for that vibration because it's sad to know that there are people who feel that in their body because, see, we're feeling it from the outside based on the interaction, let's say, and again, this is fictitious. But the energy of a person who's that um, in that state, like I said, my, my friend was in a very upset state, will be what we pick up. But a person who's whole will know, I'm so sorry that you're so upset. And you keep just chit-chatting away and that's it. You're not excogitating in your brain. Oh, I bet they're doing something. Let me try and get them. You know, there are people that do that. While they're talking to other people, they're actually trying to figure out other people, which means their amygdala is alerted, which means they don't know how to self-regulate in a safe social engagement moment. And that's because they don't trust people. So they're not intimate with themselves or others. And in fact, they're not in a trusting anything. They're in an adaptive child with a trauma safety behavior response. And that's the maladaptive as an adult, as well as the outlook in any type of interaction that you're having, which is also why it's a tiresome event for people to engage in socialization because they are consistently in a inner survival mode, hypervigilance, from their zero, one, two, three, four, five, their implicit memory, their stuff, not ours. They didn't have the opportunity to safely co-regulate. So they don't know how to sit in their ventral vagal state while engaging in socialization with people, let alone once they got to teenage land, learning how to be self-empowered with healthy self-esteem. I'm not less, I'm not more, I'm a teenager, I'm grown up, I'm going to be myself, lead with your heart body, not deviate from it, just because other people are being Again, uh, in the immaturity with each other, no, consistently choose. I hold my heart body, my valley body, and stand in my two feet and two hands and my head and present myself the way that I want to be treated. Love, it's all inclusiveness. And I love you the way I love myself. So if you're saying, no, 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 because that trust break and that trust break, I'm going to now treat people like shit. <laughs> Because, yeah, this is what I'm deciding every time I have a relationship that doesn't go well, which is pretty much any teenager, just ask them, except for the ones that marry their teenage love. And here's where when someone told me, it's actually been a handful of people, they're like, they, they were expressing their personal opinion that they actually think of the ideal romantic relationship of being able to stick to your sweet heart <laughs> your teenage sweetheart and i'm laughing yes i'm laughing okay please don't let your implicit 
memory stuff. If, if, if it's coming up, you don't have to like la the laugh, but I'm laughing because I find it not, it's not about cheesy. My body's just like, no way in hell. I don't want to keep my sweetheart. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. It's, it's, it's uh, actually a couple of things. One, but let me just spell out. It's very much nice to be a grown-up and look and see how much more tangoing comes about as you learn to be a mature version of yourself. And so, no, when I think of the teenage sweetheart anything or anything teenagerish, I'm like, nah, I don't want any of it. Nope, 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 because I also can allocate the mindset of the time. And so this is why it's like, nah, that doesn't feel like it would be romantic. It feels very childish and immature and not something independent, not something where there's two very accomplished and well-established inner world people. And here's the part, we have to live some life before you can become that richness from within you. Okay, so some people, like those handful of individuals, they have an idea of romance that is very much sharing in a uh, way that is, um, well, uh, the, growing up together, growing up together. So doing a couple and more of every aspect together and just having that safety net. Because see, our attachment system is about a safety net. And so it's a zero one-year-old who recognizes, I wish that I could have had that safety net. And I have people that did stay with their sweethearts, high school sweethearts. In fact, they're beautiful. There's the ones that are beautiful. They support each other. They expand each other. Then there's the ones who are, they don't limit each other. They're limited in the perspective of a person who expands, but they're not limited. No, they live a good life. Um, I would say that, yeah, this is the part. When I think of the people who I know who are not expanding who they are and they are with their high school sweethearts, basically, it's because of toxic patriarchal ideas. I'm going to have to use that term because that's the way they are bringing forth. It's like a little clan. Uh, you have to be loyal to the clan. You have to uphold everything. Um, Women have to accept to be subjugated because they're the woman and the men need to have this silverback shit way and I'm not even going to go there. But um, yeah, so when I see that toroidal feel, that's the lower, by the way. It's not because it's less. It's that their energy is in a shame, blame, guilt, fault, revenge. These are all trauma-based. They all have mannerisms that are about abusive, toxic family households, but that's their reality. That's their culture. If you go there with polyamory, you're going to be probably looked at like, seriously, uh, I, I, I would not. I would be afraid of my physical safety. And I'm not kidding because this is how a close-minded, ignorant group of people, their energy will immediately be something you'd be aware of if you have any true ways of using your body which always scans in a way of keeping you safe. You just know, okay, this is not the, this is not the place to do it. Like when instead it's not a big deal. <laughs> so when I've been with other types of ignorant people, which aren't as backwards, meaning from toxic patriarchal time, closed-minded, reactive, you name it. Like literally they could just get in your face because you said something that they don't like. 
and they're not even giving two shits that you're all different people and growing up okay so that one we put those through they're the youngest soul age groups now i'm talking about the gossipers the the young teenager children ones the societal and relationship ones so when i was in a scenario where i knew it wasn't ideal to actually speak about certain topics but i was brought to speak of them because of the instigator of it but they want they wanted and they had and they still have a tendency to want to create scenarios like this so i already knew because i know my friends i know personalities i got my personality and in this scenario i knew that it wasn't ideal to talk about mystic stuff but my friend decided they wanted to spotlight their mystic friend so let's do the spotlight <laughs> kind of reminds me of what it was that Carrie, that movie where they basically drop, what is it, a bucket of blood on her? Well, unlike what happened there, which I believe she becomes vindictive and angry, uh, 5D Mystic doesn't. Uh, we don't get angry because people like to point a spotlight. We're like, ooh, 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 I get a spotlight. No, we don't give a shit. <laughs> we are really indifferent because it's not a spotlight. Only in the movies, people, only in the movies. So we don't ruminate in our brains. It's the biggest difference between a 4D mystic and a 5D because, again, we have secure attachment. It's called a love cycle, not a shame one, and it's called we don't do human suffering. We do human emotions, two different things. So we learn at the actual age of immaturity. As a teenager, I learned just how... Yes, I'm not going to use the word. I learned just how unreliable teenagers are and how emotionally immature they are and as a grown-up i can tell you that when presented any other of those emotional unavailable situations it's always the same thing the people who gave me the words that i like to use to explain myself and mysticism and functional adulthood and being a human bezel vanderkolk stephen porges daniel siegel thank you so much janina fisher all of my somatic and attachment researchers jesus only gave me certain words and i can't use jesus because there's ancient silverbacks that use jesus so i'm just going to say he stands for unconditional love for me and christ consciousness is that not for the ancient uh, text but because of him standing as a mature human being restored embodied self integration of the brain he had his masculine and feminine at the space of being able to harness both he walked with all people and that's what is respected. Turn the other cheek, forgive them for they do not know. I'm not sure and I don't think he knew anything about attachment or trauma because all of the new findings have been shared with us recently. So I'm pretty sure he didn't know the words of, oh wow, we have an attachment system. And I'm pretty sure our brain, yes, it has evolved, but it's pretty much, they said, uh, it didn't do the brainstem, then the other part and then the other part. No, all three together. I, I was ignorant on that too. I'm pretty sure that in a couple of episodes, if not more, I was like, yeah, first this and then that. And then, then I found out from the brain lady, I forget what her name is, but she's like, people keep thinking that it was like a way that our brain evolved into, no, no, it was all there. And so I was like, ah, okay, well there, I, I fucked the data up. So we always can fuck up data. Just, just remember that. It's why it's random food for thought and just in general, pseudoscience lady here. Woo woo. Okay, so on that note, in uh, this situation, I was aware that it wasn't the spot to be talking about certain mystic topics, but I was okay with it. And by the end of it, I just know that the lady said, we've wasted our time 
we can agree to disagree. And I said, no, you didn't waste my time. I appreciate your time. And you gave me a perspective that I could have never, ever had otherwise. So it's not a waste. It's very well used. And I think that was that. And for me, because, you know, we can agree to disagree. It's not a waste of time. Plus, let's not talk about waste, shall we? But I had not understood that apparently this lady thought I was saying I wouldn't send anyone to prison. And when I found that out, I found out my friend also had gossiped. And then I thought, wow, not only did they gossip, but two, my friends didn't let me in on the aspect that we were talking about prisons. I had no idea because I was not using the word incarceration, imprisonment. I was not using the word law, you know, I was using the word I don't judge. And I'm thinking, does not anybody know the difference or was I mistaken in the word? What, which one is it? You know, and because they defended their friend, <laughs> trying to say, no, no, if you would have just explained it that way, that's when I realized, okay, my friends don't know how to read my brain, apparently. And that's okay, though. I, I did know that we weren't navigating in, in, in unison, but I figured they would figure out that I wasn't talking about incarceration. So you do understand. Some people, they know how to understand how our brains work. Other people, they don't. It's okay. They don't have to. It's not my friend's job to know how my brain works. And my brain worked in that I didn't know they were talking about prison. So there you go. It's called Lost in Translation, although I was speaking their language. <laughs> so nobody got, uh, well, here's the part about Lost in Translation. It can happen because of subjective life experiences from our brain, which is what a lot of people that are adaptive children don't understand. When they say to you, the updated good therapist, that we have subjective experiences, they are meaning it in a very specific way, and I have understood it. And so the people who are obtuse and ignorant, they don't understand it. They don't try to learn about it either. They just say no because they have their ancient bad silverback mental health professionals who say, oh, what the bullshit is that? The subjective experience. We're all just three. So they like to generalize versus actually go in depth. You know, some people, they're superficial like that. So while the adaptive child is good with superficial stuff in the surface, we don't do surface. Yes, the functional adults, the, the, the research, it never ends. So human, being yourself, yes, that research, it, it never ends for me to support people to be their self, and that's why I know all about attachment and trauma, and, and I get to share, not as a trending topic, no, no. I get to share with you what it is to be a love cycle. So yes, the difference is, one, love. We believe in humanity always because it's our human nature. We learn how to then explain it. Thank you, attachment researchers and trauma researchers and neuroscientists and all the people who are keeping building it. And as for mystic land, we also know that's cool and dude, dudettes and all neuroscience is getting there too. But in the meantime, while we get to channel and pick up on shit, it's awesome. So our oversoul. So when we pick up on shame, we do not pick up on it directly in the sense of we know what's going on. No, we'll pick up the vibration of whatever's going on. And because we're present, though, and we're tuning to the person and we're using our mouth, we're just going to have conversations. So let's go back to the when I got to learn about not getting angry <laughs> and jealous. It was not out of a I had low self-esteem. No, it was out of a how dare you. <laughs> Your, your mind kind of thing, okay? So it was uh, something along those lines. Come to find out, by the way, that my radar, man, it was spot on. And I laugh to this day about this story, which I'm not going to share. 
I'm not going to share it, but all I can say is even if you shared something like this, people will be like, ah, she's making it up. Because, you know, there's all those stories and you know how many people they actually don't believe in, again, the Claire's, the oversoul mysticism. So you tell them something and they just think it has to be bullshit. Instead, it's not. It's the most amazing thing ever when you're able to have the dots of your oversoul so long story short, though, this was one of my first lessons of expansion. <laughs> and, and I'll never forget it because I ended up spelling it out to people as I move forward. You're not, you're not my possession. I don't own you. You do you. I do me. And the jealousy, I'm not a jealous person. Why would I be jealous? It would mean that I don't trust you. It would mean that I'm possessive. It would mean that I have low self-esteem. A lot of things that people like to equate to culture, the toxic masculinity, whether they are women or men don't matter. It's toxic masculinity and it's toxic patriarchy. And even if it's not toxic, it means you want roles, which is different, of course, because people who want roles right here, I know plenty of women, they want their men to actually have a very specific way to handle them. <laughs> don't you come near me <laughs> with that approach. Anytime I've seen any person who thinks they need to take care of me, that sends me into a uh, no thank you and that's pretty much about it which is where it's something that hasn't happened to me personally not no I'm trying to think ah uh, nah if it ever has i've made it clear to people i just know how clear i can get sometimes which is where in those instances it's a ventral vagal let me make clear to you where you stand right now and if you don't get it well then i'm going to ensure you get it and that's very different than a person who does not feel they can count on someone because i know people like to think of equations the avoidant type person who basically doesn't allow people to help them is a very different stance than what I'm describing. And that person would know the difference. So people who are open to love and respect and adult type relationships are those who are not seeking to be protected. The women that I've met that want, they want to feel protected. They, they actually will speak words like that. And this is like with the whole lovely sweetheart thing. Some of us are like, uh, no, uh, uh, you know, thank you, but no, thank you very independent here in a very very neutral way let us all fly and what i'm going to say is that um, the 5d mystic particularly is here to allow themselves to establish as an adult the tone to be able and bring together different topics while respecting those who don't and won't move forward with the times. So as I was saying, there are women friends that I know of that they like, so men, and they want men as their partners, they're mononormative, so the monogamous type. In fact, recently, at least a couple of them, they, they're getting hitched, quote unquote, okay? And it was very cute to see just how much they wanted to make sure as we talked about polyamory and monoamory and all of the new stuff to let the people they are looking to get hitched with know that no no I'm, I'll only be yours <laughs> I only want to be yours okay so it's very cute when you see people wanting to make sure that properties know they're each other's properties because see that's what it feels like to those of us who don't look to securely attach we, we like a nest 
it's it's a place you go home to you feel comfortable to be yourself everybody leaves and comes back whenever they please and because there's grown-ups there's really nice tango conversations not any of that uh, drama yes so again the, the shame button individuals do drama the grown-up buttons we do love so we will talk and and if things get in any way shape or form in an area that we're not mm, okay wait a minute like i said we we handle that with equanimity unless you're a child but see a child is a child <laughs> that was the only had two moments of bursts of uh, i'm angry but it wasn't even that big of a deal other than that i i handle kali very well thank you shiva okay what else was i going to look to share with you all compassion compassion the default compassion oh yes so as i was saying the whole high school thing and when people put you in the spotlight and you don't react like a carry from the movies with the i'm going to go on a revenge streak no and so if we meet people that might be envious or jealous or spiteful and they do do things we actually know how to allow ourselves to be direct communicators in fact without any of the trauma or attachment informed examples because i've been seeing a lot of great therapists out there showing how to do secure attachment it's like wow finally we have that and this lady was explaining how to do secure attachment in relationships so for example and one of it is was it was explaining why some people don't apologize and they show the dynamic between the child getting gaslit by the mother or the father or the caregiver. So basically, the child was being shamed and invalidated for their emotions, and they were also being presented, you are wrong to give me these feelings, and you're trying to make a big deal out of something, and this is not a big deal, and I do already enough for you. So this is that dynamic of a person who doesn't know about the difference between a healthy childhood with an emotionally equanimous individual versus one that has a emotional not equanimous individual so a parent or parents caregivers as well as siblings of course because we have more than one attachment figure but it is your parents that set the example and your primary caregiver but both will be important to how you bring forth yourself because your embodied brain learns how to relate to others your relationality will be based on your attachment category and if there's a wound and if there's a shame defectiveness heartbreak which if there's an attachment that is not secure you will have at play certain types of things so long story short this lady was showing how it is to do secure attachment speaking and in one case the apologizing was showing how a child who grows up in a household where they're gaslit they don't know how to acknowledge once they grow up another person's emotions so it'll look like they're invalidating your emotions which is true which is also why a 5d mystic enlightenment functional adult the zen masters we always default with compassion and that's because we have healthy self-worth and even in those moments of emotional charge as children growing up so people who got the opportunity to have securely attached bodies, differentiated selves with the agency of self, and I'm specifying that because if your driver is yourself, that's where you're going to not put you to the side. And so you begin to move through your 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 in a way of owning who you are 
with accountability of your thoughts and emotions versus projecting them. And when people invalidate them, you don't invalidate them, but you allow yourself to hold them, to process them with your ventral vagal state, to accept that there are differences and to be able to become a better communicator. Because that's what happens for those of us who have healthy self-worth. We won't be ever superior or inferior to you. It doesn't matter what you are. Grown up, a child, we will learn how to treat you with respect and love because we're choosing how to harness our own charge because it's all emotional and we're not going to throw it at you. Why would you? Why would we and why would you? But this is, again, because of having a love cycle. So once all people are back to their original three-year-old heart or the basically origin it's not three it's the attachment secure attachment and having your restorative embodied self once people have done good therapy they know you've returned home to yourself and now you can be yourself that version that was distorted is a distortion due to trauma memory unresolved at the time those child parts, the charged parts that actually stay there until you make sense of those sensations that arise. The triggers, you make sense of the triggers. You make sense of the behavior and of the inner and outer conflicts, whatever's going on. And if there's compulsive activity, gambling, drugs, sex, alcohol, food, all of it, person who begins to get into their restored embodied self, they will know so much of a difference you don't lose friends that's a bullshit statement now there are people who when they do good childhood trauma healing they do have to cancel but it's not that they cancel is that they need to have their nervous system around only healthy and and when i say healthy it has nothing to do with your lifestyle health is when you are able to navigate an integrated brain and a restorative embodied self this is what the data is showing Integration of the brain leads to inner and outer well-being. You don't have to have done yoga in order for this to have happened, but yoga and meditation, mindfulness, compassionate interventions, they all support to grow your corpus callosum, your prefrontal cortex, your hippocampus, and your connectomes. The interconnected connectomes are what allow integration of the brain to be possible. And here's why good trauma information and good mental health professionals are plenty and abundant, but needed, thank goodness they're here, to tell all of people how beautiful the love cycle is, so we get to be added to that bandwagon, the 5D mystics, functional adults, and enlightenment soul age, we particularly freely loving each other and seeing every person as whole, those who want to stay broken three-year-old hearts, and that means the defectiveness, shame, heartbreak, gut wrench, self-loathing, they armor themselves in their other soul age groups. There's reasons for it. The lower toroidal field, there's reasons we don't need to talk. And it's not even reasons. It's that they are. So if you're concerned with uh, why you're already thinking about the external versus settling yourself into your higher vibration. So if you're, you're not looking to be the enlightenment vibration, then go. Go be busy with your brain, with all the other stuff. But in the meantime... The equation is not why are there some people that navigate the lower toroidal field. There are some people that navigate different fields, period. You decide where you want to navigate and then you can really, it's not a question though of why, why would you focus on the external? 
instead of focusing on bringing your world to optimization and then leading to bring together stuff. And the people, by the way, who choose what they choose, if you actually understand trauma memory and you understand the process of healing, that's why people who care, they hear the words and then when they experience it, they will like, oh, okay, so I had with my one demo, remember, the trauma fragment or the bit of, um, yeah, it was a charge with fear in and of itself. And I remember it because it was a very specific where I felt it and the description of how a person who has self-loathing and shame and, and all of that from the therapist, that the good therapist who I learned from, and that it's basically something that people feel it's tearing you apart, like not some, it's not just words. Okay, so I've also had people describe to me things, and that's why when I had this fragment, this trauma fragment with the emotion of fear, I knew why, because it's my dominant emotion, but also because of how I got to be brought to be a balanced person thanks to having the other end of the spectrum to support me, to meet in the middle, because, you know, the world is a big place. So when it comes to being afraid, if you present yourself with that, you know, it's, we all know what can happen. So I, as a child growing up, understood the balance of twos, okay? But long story short, when I'm doing this demo, because we're allowing our body to speak to us, this fragment comes up and it's so uncomfortable. And it's like a little sliver of it. It's like, whoa. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to get off this demo one right now. My lovely Dr. Albert Wong, he's really great. Well, so are all the good therapists. They can tell when it's time to leave the sliver alone and shut up the, <laughs> the session and let's move out of it. Okay, because that's the ability of a person to not bring a person to be re-traumatized. See, you want to disconnect from the sensation because you explore it until your window of tolerance is present and you are present in the now and that allows you to expand the window of tolerance. For those who have a window of tolerance, there's a window of welcome for some of us. The part about remembering that you don't know everything, this is also straightforward for love cycle people. We know that we're not in your body. So no matter how you know, you may tell us something, we will listen because you know your body, we won't be able to know it. The same thing goes for our body though. So whenever people like to human explain us, a love cycle person, there's someone who's hearing you, but you, like there's a sad guru quote, but you're not having an effect on me, meaning I just told you how I feel, now you are in a space that is not yours. And that's why, as I was saying, if you need to focus on other people, and the lower tutorial, you're obviously not interested in yourself just yet. The part about there being two types of vibration does not indicate that we have to have a higher and lower realm, which is what 4D keeps on talking about. There's not spiritual warfare. There's not this stuff. They should not use these words. We actually still have countries that are not getting along. Those words should be used in ways of let's have peace, let's bring the world together. And that's the difference right now of our spot is that some of us want humanity to know we're a globe 
We're in favor of the globe. We're in favor of putting all hands on deck and we have no agenda except for air, water, food, people to be able to express who they are, people to have good healthcare stuff for their physical health. We don't care about your biblical text or your ancient text or whatever it is. We don't want a world that is divided and we don't care for people who want to dehumanize other people based on their own subjective experience. So the group of people who know humanity is one, we understand cultural, religious, uh, societal, political, all of those. There's no need for people to get aggressive, to get insulting, and to get what we are seeing. The echo chambers are not the problem. The digital is not the problem. There is not a problem. But what we do have are people that come from households that have unresolved trauma, that have stereotypes and gender roles and a lot more, but it's not about the roles per se. It is actually about the objectifying and the way of using one's hands for violence, physical, and then the mouth as well. And those two are part of an ancient time that is no longer, but that did exist. So when people want to insult humanity, they're generalizing where there's not need to generalize. If you look at the prehistory, our ancestors lived in rocks. That's why we have ancient silverbacks. If you look at the Roman Empire, what they did, if you look at all of the past, we know of that which existed in a time of ignorance and of our species coming from their bare hands with animals. The reptilian nervous system is when we were one with animals and not being able to huddle together as a species. Once we began to be able and huddle together, whenever that began is where our ventral vagus nerve comes into the mix. It's because we built communities. And in that case, we have shame because here's where envy and jealousy, by the way, and that's part of shame and societal shame and pressure that people feel. But way back when it was, if I kick you out of the herd, you're fucked. You're all by yourself. We learned to follow the herd versus ourselves because we had people who were tasting the berries and they got good at being instinctively up. Oh, wait, this is, people don't know to remember step by step by step. They forget and they do storytelling. Some of us don't do storytelling, we do data telling. Even though we know it's the gist of it, I don't remember all the specifics, but I can get anthropologists, sociologists, neuroscientists, and I would get all of them together. They'd have to be interested in presenting what I just presented, but the equation is very straightforward for those of us who do not have trust breaks within ourselves for who we are as a person and humanity is what we are and humanity. And mysticism doesn't change that. Claire's just make it that much more true and physicists from physics, particle physics and quantum physics and just the universe physics people can talk a lot more about the stars and the infinite and once you can understand dark matter dark energy and where we're headed the star will go out the sun eventually our planet won't always be alive because it's an organic planet it will go through a cycle we want the future generations to have a way to live and that means sciences and technology is not an enemy it is that those who want to stay in prehistory are staying in stories and they're not in the now understanding what the now is they also seem to have lost their way because, yes, there's imbalances. There always have been. We want to, in fact, fix that. We need the economical people, the environmental people, the science people, the good science people to stop with their ancient texts and to get on with 
So when we have flat earthers, it's not because flat earthers are stupid. No, they're very smart. They wanted a group to feel that they belong to. When you see the echo chambers, you'll find all people who are looking for a magic wand for something, but it's belonging that they're doing. And those individuals who got them together were just able to create their little breadcrumb trail back to the Hansel and Gretel, right? The, the witch and the home and whatever. So finding one's way back home is you are human, I'm a human. There's a way that we evolve to this and our thinking brain brings disparate ideas together through our sleep. That's why we have dreams, REM, our REM sleep. And for those who REM erupts in daytime state, here for 5D mystics, we don't have nightmares or any of those demonic things. But even if we have dreams that are a bit shaky, we know it's a dream. Meaning, yes, it's something we wake up as real, but we know that the mind's eye and the plane of consciousness is something that is in a plane that is not grounded on earth. So we're not going to go and tell stories of there being the actual species. That This is why it's a very different time. 4D did not decide to understand that to compare oneself as a witch from now to a witch of then is totally not what's happening although a 5d mystic they will have joy and fun with the whole being a witch or being a sorcerer and when i say that what i mean is they have fun sharing with people who have the experiences but we're not out there thinking of ourselves as that or actually relating to that past as if it's present it's not present we're we're in again a different year it's part of a past Furthermore, it's in our imagination plane. So we don't need to ground it and say, no, no, but it's true. It's true. It's really true. Even though, again, that's the beauty of being with people who have these experiences. It's when I, when I get to share with my mystic friends about stuff, it's always nice. I don't enjoy those who get lost in it because I know they're missing out on the opportunity to become more of their human version more of their grown-ups, so they could learn how to be compassionate, me in a love cycle. Instead, they stay in a shame cycle. They stay in a spot of, ah, humans are this, and trust breaks and all that. But that's where it's their journey. So in the meantime, for us, all of those who are people who love to be a human being, we can support people who want to move out of human suffering and who want to move out of shame, because compassion is the way, the 5D mystic enlightenment, functional adult way. It's our Zen master way. And we know how to <clears throat> talk about differences between a love cycle and a shame cycle and just to be able and support each other <clears throat> to remember our humanity and to make sense of those sensations that arise. So again, implicit memory, it's what we build up till the age of three. Then you have explicit memory. So those are those important events like the one I was telling you as a child. And that is where I had two of them. One of the other events, which I've shared a bazillion times, but this is where I wasn't angry here. I, was I wasn't even protecting me. Basically, it was my birthday. I was four or five, and this little girl, I was holding my racer in my hand, and she was threatening to take this bear racer from me because I wouldn't let her play with the other, with the other game. And it's because she had given me one of the two. And when she did that, I had just been taught that you don't actually ask for a gift back once you've given it. And so I remember I was standing up, at least from my recollection. And here's why, by the way, when someone wants to tell you to discount what you believe, what you feel, what you're bringing forth, 
allow yourself to use one the right silence if you're choosing to do therapy they're good therapists they have to be able to hold space for you so if they can't and you know again when you're with people allow people to be people but if you have something that you're remembering you explaining it and getting it out this isn't telling the story i'm saying when somebody wants to correct your own shit <laughs> you don't have to put up with it you don't have to say anything you want to just remember in your own heart my feeling my thought i'm explaining something exploring something from this space the person disagrees with it it's okay they don't have to that's all so it's about being able to put things in perspective where you're thoughts and feelings matter so at least you to yourself your differentiated self and you have a way that you want to explain something if somebody doesn't agree with it that's their choice it's okay you don't have to do anything about it so at the end of the day we're always expanding and learning more i've run out of time so i don't need to finish the story anyways but it was a cute one and we'll be back again have a great one